Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Who has their Bibles today? We're going to be preaching out of Acts chapter 27. Lift your Bible up again. Let me see. If your Bible's on your phone, that's okay. It's okay. Bring your Bible to church. It's important to read your Bible. Do me a favor right now. Look at your Bible, whether it's on your phone or your, or your hand. Say, speak to me, Bible. I'm listening. Amen. Amen. So open up to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. It's important to read your Bible. How many of you know that God speaks through the Word of God? Everyone always wants to hear the voice of God, but how about you start with what He's already said? Amen? Amen. God's going to speak through the Word. Get in it every day. This is called our daily bread. You know, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. If you are not giving your daily bread, but you're just living off Sunday, you're living your life malnourished. So if you ever feel like you're dry, you ever feel like you're hungry, well, how about you go back to the thing that truly feeds your spirit rather than the thing that just feeds your mind or your attention or your eyes, because everything's pulling for your attention nowadays. But how about you fix your eyes on the Word of God? You're always going to feel the malnourished if you're not getting your daily bread. That's why they were told not to take manna for more than two days, except on the Sabbath day. That was different. But they took manna for one day, and that's what they needed it for. The next day, they went out and they got more manna. Each morning when you get up, each night before you go to bed, have you sought God that day? Get away, pray. Get away, read your Bible, worship. Throw on some new worship music. It's all around nowadays. It's way better than it was way, way back then. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of impartial to the early 2000s. <laughs> Shout to the Lord all the earth. Let us sing. <laughs> Glory and majesty, praise to the king. Where were we? Acts chapter 27. Hey, but before I jump into scripture, I want to highlight something really quick. Is Next step one is today. Directly after service, down the hallway, past kids, to the left. Next step one. Well, you may ask, what's next steps? Next steps is two weeks. So this week is week one. So that means next week would be week two. And then we'd repeat that after that. But next steps is maybe you've been coming to the church for a while and you're kind of wondering, what is all this about? What is the vision of the heart of my city church? Well, next steps is where you'll figure that out. Not only that, but they'll help you find a group, a group of community to do life with. Life with. They'll help you find a team where you can serve here at my city so that you're not just attending, but it can help you move from the crowd to the core. Because we're not just, part, we're not just called to attend church and be a part church. We're called to be the church. So if you've been going here a while and you want to figure out, hey, what is this all about? Well, Next Steps is the place for you directly after the service, down the hallway, to the left. But before we jump into scripture, I want to give some context here. Acts chapter 27, we're going to be talking about Paul. I love Paul. I love me some Paul. Paul's a powerful man in the New Testament. Uh, he's, uh, he's smart. Uh, he's also humble. He's, uh, he does the miraculous. He started countless churches. Uh, but he's a main missionary found in throughout the New Testament that we have documented. But he also wrote two-thirds of your New Testament. And we're going to be reading about a treacherous uh, time, a few weeks span, within uh, Paul's life in Acts chapter 27. What we find right now is Paul is imprisoned for preaching the gospel. 
And because he was in prison, he realized that he could not persuade his uh, prosecutors that he was doing what was right. So Paul, being a Roman citizen at that time, Roman citizens carried a lot of weight. They knew, don't, me don't mess with the Roman citizens. So you had Rome and everyone else, if you were not under Rome, you were considered barbarian. But if you were under Rome, you had to be a Roman citizen. It was like elite status. It'd be the equivalent of like going, you know, maybe I'm being uh, egotistical, but if you went to a different nation and, you know, when you get kidnapped, it makes world news. Why? Because you're American. You know, it's just kind of just something that happens nowadays. Um, but Paul was a Roman citizen, and so he had the right to appeal to Caesar over any dispute. And so that's what he did. He was being accused of preaching the gospel, but he, all he was doing is just preaching Christ crucified. They threw him in jail, and he appealed to Caesar. So now he is going to Rome, to Italy, Roman Italy, to be able to have his, his time before Caesar. And this is where we pick up. And I'm actually, I'm going to speak a little bit before we jump into 13. I'm going to read, I bring to a little bit more context to this. It said, um, so now they're sailing, but what they do is they get to Crete, they leave, they leave Jerusalem area, and then they land on Crete. Crete's an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, kind of the eastern side. And it says, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. Basically, winter was coming. And when winter comes in the Mediterranean, it's not a fun time to be there. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives. But the centurion listened instead to, to someone else instead of Paul, following the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unstable to winter and the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there, there was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So basically, they're in one harbor. They say, hey, we can't stay here. Uh, we can't winter here, so we're only going to go a few miles to another harbor. How many know you're, sometimes when you're making just a small journey in life, storms can hit? And that's what we find here in Acts chapter 27, verse 7, 13 here. It said, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Nor'easter swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Kata, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Fearing they would run aground on the sandbar of citrus, citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Say driven along. What do you do when life drives you along and you have no control over it? What do you do when you're in the middle of the storm and you just feel like you're driven along? We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they threw the ship's tackle overboard and with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved all hope of being saved. This is going to be a fun Sunday. Are you guys ready? What's going to happen? Hey, today I want to talk to you about this topic or this thought. If God loves me, why this? If God loves me, why this? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your word that is true. It is powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword to dividing bone and marrow. 
God, I thank you that you speak through your word. God, I pray that you would speak to every single person of circumstance. As your word is good for edification, your, good is word, your word is good for rebuking. God, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear your word today. Open up our eyes to see you, Jesus, for who you really are. God, I pray that the name of the Most High God would be lifted up today through these words. God, and that through me you would speak a thousand messages to everyone listening. Just right now, church, just open up your hands on your laps, just like this. Say these words after me. Say, Dear Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thanks, Reef. Thanks for the, the beautiful words. The, or, or, not words. Uh, uh, music. Music would be. Maybe I said words because this is like how I, I do music. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Hey, turn to your neighbor right now and say, and say these words. Say it very convincingly and strong. Say these words. Say, I am a survivor. Now turn to your other neighbor and say it with more tenacity and strength. Say, I am a survivor. And now turn to the person in front of you. And if you're looking, if you're in the front, look at me and say, I am a survivor. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. It's going to be a fun day in church today. But what do we find here? We find Paul's in the middle of a storm. Now, this is Paul. This is the apostle Paul. This is, he wrote two-thirds of your New Testament, Paul. This is a guy that he knows all the various degrees and knowledge of the Old Testament, that if you were well-educated, he could meet you at your educated ground. He could lay off all of his degrees and say, this is what I know about God. This is who God is. And he would be able to convince you with persuasive words. But if you're low and uneducated, he'd be able to put the degrees aside and be able to get down and stoop low and be able to speak to you at a term that made sense to you so that you can know the profound things that God has for those that love him. This is Paul. Paul is in the middle of a storm. Now, if it was someone else, I would understand that. You know, if it was Timothy, I'd be like, you know, that's because he was a doubter. If it was Peter, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, that's because he denied Jesus. You know, if it was Judas, I mean, Judas, Judas wasn't around during this time, I guess. Um, he was, he was uh, caught hanging around with the wrong crowd. too far <laughs> but this is Paul now can I tell you that just because you're going through a storm does not mean that you are not anointed or appointed just because you are going through something doesn't mean that God is not with you and that God is not for you Paul right now is in the middle of a mistake brought about by someone else's hands it was out of his control he did not have the ability to control this circumstance. He's in the middle of the mistake, but as we go on through Scripture, we'll find out that he's in the middle of a miracle. Now, don't fret when you, get, when you go through storms in life, because if you are on the right track, did you think for a, a moment that the devil might be coming to destroy you? But as church, we've been lied to. A lot of us have been. We say, well, come to Jesus and your life will be better but the moment you accept Jesus, you put a target on your back for the devil. But understand this today, that the opposition can be an indication that you are finally on the right track. It can be. It can be. But a lot of times we spend so much time blaming the devil 
for our circumstances, can I say maybe possibly it's not the devil, it's the other D word, a decision you made. Maybe the storm that you're going through that you're facing is the result of a decision you made. Now, God can always bring back, because even if we are faithless, he is faithful for you, cannot deny himself. But what if the storm that you're going through is because of the decision that you made? Now, maybe it's a, maybe it's a double D, maybe it's a dumb decision <laughs> that you made. Maybe it's a triple, triple D, that a dumb decision that you made that determined uh, your direction. Four Ds, oh, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> Decisions. You see, but the thing about a storm is it's not so much that the rain that's falling, what did we say? We said it was, they were driven along. Now, rain can fall, but what makes it a really bad storm is most of the time the wind that's blowing the water, something that is unseen, moving something that is visible. Something in your life that is unseen, controlling what you can see. A storm isn't always the water, it's the wind controlling the water. So what in your life do you feel like you're being driven along in, where you have no control over? What are we going to do? Well, let's pick up. Where are we at? Verse 21. Verse 21, it reads this. It says, after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Wait a second. I didn't know Paul was a woman. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. He was just wise. A little slow today. Men, you should have taken my advice and not set sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Say, keep up your courage. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. And the ship owner said, crap. <laughs> Last night, an angel of the Lord, and this is why he's able to say, keep up your courage. Because understand that sometimes there's something outside of ourselves that gives us strength to keep up courage. So he's going to these men with the revelation. And he says, last night an angel of the God in whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, Paul says. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So what is Paul speaking to? Paul has a different attitude than everyone else. What did we read earlier? It said that we had lost, finally gave up all hope of being saved. We gave up all hope of being saved. They thought they were going to be able to jump on an island that they were crossing. Well, they couldn't get the lifeboat secure, so they gave up. They kept going further south, and they're getting closer to Africa, and they're like, man, we're going to run aground on something, so let's get throw stuff overboard so that we're not as heavy, so that it kind of gets the boat higher up on water so you don't really run aground. And so here we are, Paul's saying, hey, do not give up hope. Do not give up hope, but keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. Do not be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Now, Paul's speaking from a revelation rather than a situation. Paul's speaking from a revelation rather than a situation. Can I ask you, is your situation controlling your attitude? Because if your situation influences your attitude, then your revelation is flawed. Because your theology determines your ideology. 
What you base your life off of will determine how you see your circumstance. Do you base your circumstance you are facing your life off of this word, off the word that God gave you, off the book that God has given you to read? Do you base your life off this or do you just base off the situation that's coming your way? What's determining your attitude that's what you're facing? I'll tell you, you can get through many storms if you have the right revelation. You can get through the worst of storms in your life if you have the right revelation. Do you have a revelation today for the situation that you are facing? Because understand today, it is the word of God and from God that will sustain you through the storms of life. It is the word of God and from God that will sustain you through the storms of life. Because God is with you in the middle of it. And at the conclusion of Are You Okay series, do you know that God is with you in the middle of it? Because if you're not okay, God's with you. God's for you. He never left you. He never forsook you. Let me ask you this question. Has God ever lost a battle? So let me ask you this then. You're going through this. Why would the God that saved you fail you here? Why would the God that defeated death, hell, and the grave, why would he start with you? One of the greatest revelations we can get is that if God called me, he's going to be faithful to back me up. That if he throws me into the fire, he's not going to abandon me, but the only thing that's going to fall off in the fire is the ropes that has you bound. So I can press on towards the mark of the high calling of God, knowing that his faithfulness is not contingent upon my righteousness, but his goodness. If you believe that this morning, say amen. Amen. It reminds me of this in Isaiah chapter 43. What do we do when we go through storms? We look to the word of God. It says this, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Remember God. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, God says, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. That's just one passage of scripture. But when we go through storms, we're like, God, what do I do, God? Where'd you go, God? What'd I say, son? Where'd you go, God? What'd I say, son? Read the word. God, I can't see you. It's a dark storm. I don't know what to do. You know what those remind me of, those verses that we read through? I'm going to highlight just a few. It's, it's this right here. It says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. What's the next one? It says, I will be with you. The next one is, they will not sweep over you. You will not be burned. The next one is, for I am the Lord your God. You are precious and honored in my sight. Because I love you, fear not, for I am with you. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of that quote from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, 
Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That no matter what I'm going through, God is with me. God is for me. You know how I know that? Because Romans 8.28 says this. We know that in all things, God works for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, do you believe that, church? God is with you. God is for you. He has not left you. But hold on. I got a problem with the text. There's a problem with the text. What is it? God sent an angel to Paul. Hold on one second. Let me think. God, if you can send an angel to my circumstance to give me a word in my circumstance, couldn't you take me out of the circumstance when you took the angel out of the circumstance? God, if you could send an angel to visit me in the storm, well, couldn't you just take me out of the storm? See, God, we grow closer to God, believe it or not. God is trying to shape you into a certain type of person who can cope with pressure. God is trying to grow you into a certain type of person. What if you had a different perspective on the storm that you were facing and you realized that you learn more about God in the treacherous times than you do in the tremendous times? Because God's trying to shape you into a certain type of person. What are you building your life off of? Are you building it off of the situation or are you building it off of your revelation? So why doesn't God get me out of this? Well, let's continue. Verse 27, verse 27. Aren't you guys excited to be in church today? It's a good day today. Now, I'm going to read a little bit through this. Don't, don't get lost. This is kind of a long story, but I feel like it's, it's important for context for you guys to understand this. It says, on the 14th night, we were still being what? Driven. 14 days. It's a long time in a storm. The Bible calls this word, this storm is called the Nor'eastern. Nor'eastern. And the, re, the word, the original word for this is a mixture of two different languages. It's both Latin and Greek. And it's this word, it's this one word, it's called Eurachlodon. Say it with me, say it after me, say Eurachlodon. Okay, say it with your chin up, say this. Say it like this, like you're sophisticated, be like Eurachlodon. Eurachlodon. It's a mixture of a Greek and Latin word. It basically means really bad storm. And it comes about once a year. Actually, another reference to this is the storm that Jonah faced. It comes through the Mediterranean about once a year, and that's why Paul was warning. This storm's coming upon us. And what do you know? It came up. They were just going to take a small journey over to Phoenix and Crete. And now here they are in 14 days. I'm not sure if I got this to the booth in time. Do we have a picture of a map by any chance? If we don't, I'll use the map in my Bible. That's fine. I thought I had it, but maybe not. Actually, I think my kids tore out that page. Because <laughs> all I have is the world map on here. That's okay. That's okay. So for, it is, it's torn out. <laughs> what do you do? 
I have, I have torn pages in here that I kind of taped together and whatnot. But it's for 14 days. It says, we are still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the, sen- the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and, and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. How many of us are praying for daylight in our storm? It's been a long time. No sun, nor stars. We can't see what's going on. It has to be pretty cloudy and dark to not be able to see the sun in midday, to not be able to see light in midday. In an attempt to escape from the ship, now get this, so they're nearing land right now. The sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to Centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, remember that, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it fall away. So they're nearing land, and Paul says, don't get in the lifeboat. Can I tell you, what appears to be the easiest way is sometimes a trap. What appears to be the easiest way to get out of your storm can be a trap. Whether for you or for the people that were on your boat, whether for you or the people that you're influencing. Now, I don't know what it is. Maybe he didn't want them to get in the lifeboat because they would have been drift off to sea and they maybe get lost. I don't know. Or maybe it's because if they went off into the lifeboat, they wouldn't have enough man to, manpower to, to mass the sail and be able to control the ship. I don't know, but regardless of what it is, there's power in staying together. That's why it's important that you get a part of the group here at My City Church. Group week starts next week. Group launch starts next week. Have you signed up for a group yet? Because it's important to be a part of a family, not just attend church. Now, whether they were leaving so that they couldn't mass the ship. Now, imagine if you have people that are just attending church rather than serving at the church. It limits the effectiveness of the church. That's why it's important that you get a part of a team here at my city. Where can I serve here at the church? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anywhere, really. Whether you're gifting, whether you're not, whether, hey, I just like parking cars. I love to park cars. It was, it was such a fun time. Where's my parking team at? Come on. We had a lot of fun out there, and they still do. But wherever, it's important that as a church, we come together and be whole. Because get this today, that isolation does not equal preservation, but desolation. So when you're in your life and you think that, well, I'm just going to isolate myself and I'm going to get off this boat. You may think you're going to be getting saved, but actually it's a trap. And that's how the devil destroys you. That's how the devil attacks you. He gets you to isolate. And you think it's going to lead to breast preservation, but it's not. It's to desolation. But what do we do when we're in the middle of this? Paul's basically just saying, wait. Just wait. Don't be too quick to move. Don't be too quick to jump ship. Don't be too quick to go. He's saying these one words, Wait. Say that after me. Say, wait. All right, everyone participate. Say, wait. Wait. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says this. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He raises to show you compassion. For the Lord is God of justice. Blessed are all who wait on him. O people of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, basically it's talking about Israel. You will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. Amen. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, 
your teachers will be hidden no more. It's a reference to the Holy Spirit. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Now, whether you're a Mandalorian fan or not, you'll be able to see they stole it from the Bible. God is telling you this is the way. Don't deviate to the right or to the left just because it gets hard. Don't leave just because it gets hard. Don't give up on that relationship just because it gets hard. Don't give up on that just because it, if you got a revelation, stick in it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a difference between you getting stuck in something, a situation because of the dumb decision. But if it's out of your control, don't give up on it. If you got a revelation in the middle of it, God is calling you to wait. Wait on him. But where are we at in this story? Where are we at? Let's keep going. Acts chapter 27, 33 says, just before dawn, so remember it was night, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some Chick-fil-A. You need to, to survive. And all God's people said, amen. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took the Chick-fil-A and gave thanks to God in front of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food for themselves. Altogether, there were 276 people on board. This is one of those massive grain ships that they use to take grain from the breadbasket of Egypt all the way to supply Rome. This is a huge ship. 276 people. That's more people than we got in this room right now. So imagine those few people that were about to jump ship. They were going to put everyone else's life in jeopardy. Imagine. And he says this, when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay from a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left the sea, and at the time came, untied the ropes and held the rudders. Then they hoisted the fort sail to the wind and made for the beach, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. Can I tell you, if the Bible's fake, why would you go into so much detail? Well, because I'm trying to convince people. This is a guy, literally, this is Luke, who's along with Paul right now, describing everything that happened. Luke was a physician, which means he was very detailed in his work, and he's describing everything that happened. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and to get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Acts chapter 28. And this is where we're going to close today. It says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Say Malta. Malta is this little tiny island in the Mediterranean below Sicily. Little tiny island. And they found out it was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this must be a murderer, for though he escaped the sea, justice was not allowed to has not allowed him to live. So here we find Paul survives this torrentous storm, only to get bitten by a poisonous snake. Snake doesn't even matter. 
But most of us live our lives like this. We think, God, if one more thing happens to me, God, if one more thing happens to me, I'm done. And so then we live our lives basically in this, in this funk, like it doesn't even matter. Here, give me a second here. Here. We live our lives like this. I don't know why, it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind, I designed this rhyme to explain the due time. All I know, time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day, the clock ticks life away. So unreal, didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Didn't hold on, didn't even know. I wasted it all just to watch you go. Kept everything inside, even though I tried, it all fell apart. What it meant to me will eventually be a memory Every time that I tried so hard And got so far But in the end It doesn't even matter I had to fall To lose it all But in the end It doesn't even matter But that's how we live our lives. Here, stand to your feet. I'm done. I'm closing here. Stand to your feet. Paul gets bit by the, in the hand. Acts chapter 28. It says this. This is the next verse. Say to your neighbor, say, shake it off. Turn to your other neighbor, say, shake it off. It says, but Paul shook the shake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. What is coming against you that you need to just shake off? What is coming against you right now that you just need to shake off? What in your world right now? Don't give up. God's with you. God's with you in the midst of it. What are you praying for? Don't give up on that relationship. Don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on that person. Don't give up on that calling. Don't give up on that dream because you may not know it, but you may be on lap six. You may be walking around Jericho thinking nothing's happening. God, nothing's happening. You may be dug in your head in prayer, praying for six days, saying nothing's happening. God, I see nothing. God, I see nothing. What do you see? Nothing. What do you see? Nothing. What do you see? Nothing. But then suddenly, suddenly the walls came down. Suddenly it started to rain. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand looking in the distance. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what God is doing in your life? Do you not perceive it? Isaiah 43, 16 says this. This is the way, that, what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army reinforcements, and they lay there never to rise again as steam was stuffed out of wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Do you not see it? You know why you don't see it? Because it's invisible. Like the wind that was steering the ship, driving them along. 
That's why you don't see it, because it's invisible. Paul goes to the island. He doesn't die from the snake bite. Will the king of the island summons Paul and be like, what? Let me see this man who doesn't die from a snake bite. Well, he goes and he ministers to the man, and then he sees the man's father who's sick, who has the malt of fever, and he has dysentery, and he's really, really sick, and Paul gets a revelation. I know what that storm was for. I wasn't just crash landed on Malta. I was sent. I thought that I needed Malta, but I didn't realize Malta needed me. Your storm is sent to drive you somewhere. Your storm is positioning you. It's not there to destroy you. It's to position you. Come on, church. Let's lift our hands this morning. God is with you. God is for you. Come on. Let's begin to worship. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the people of my city, church. God, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. That though a thousand may fall at their left, ten thousand by their right hand, it will not come near them. So I bind in the mighty name of Jesus any evil that is coming over your church has no authority in this house. God, I pray for blessing to flow through your people. I pray for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through your people. God, I thank you for your purposes in this place. I thank you for your love that has been revealed. And I pray, God, as the word that has come out of my mouth, it will not return to you void. God, we thank you. We worship. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.